Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we are diving into email marketing, your moneymaker, your workhorse, the staple of any good e-commerce marketing effort. And I've got one of OMG's best and brightest joining me. This is Mr. Nick Flint. He is our email strategist. He runs our email efforts at OMG uh, as we run email campaigns for clients. This guy is the man. He's been in e-com and been running email campaigns for six years, which in internet years is like 60, and uh, built his own brand, built his own brand online, runs email. We've been so impressed with him. We're like, hey, you got to join Team OMG. Thankfully, he agreed. And so with that, Nick, welcome to the show. And how's it going, man? I'm thrilled to be here today and glad you talked me on board to coming on with OMG. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, email has been a really fun ride at OMG. Clients are loving it. It's obviously just a really powerful service. It's one of those things, we've talked about this a few times, where I remember when I was kind of coming up in the, in the marketing game in the early 2000s and the mid-2000s, there were multiple periods where people are like, you know, email is going to die. And then, and then some people said, email is dead because the young people, the young whippersnappers, they're not using email. And I was always like, well, that's because they don't have a job yet and they're not required to use email, so they're not going to. But anyway, email, not going to die, not going to die in the future, I don't think. It's just, just going to be with us for a long, long time. And it is a workhorse. So here's what I want to do, Nick. I want to kick off this podcast. I want to say, like, what if someone only had two minutes to listen to this podcast and I think after this two minutes, people will for sure stick around. But if someone only had two minutes to listen to this podcast, what are two quick wins, quick takeaways that you would share, how to make your email better, go. I'm glad we're getting this out of the way early because a lot of times they'll, they'll tease that juicy tidbit for the end. <laughs> we'll go ahead and just kind of present it up front in case someone gets interrupted. They can have these two things to walk away with. Uh, the first one is just dialing in the subject lines. Uh, people, they overlook them. It's kind of like an afterthought after they make the actual content within there, but they're not going to see all that beautiful content you built if you don't have good subject lines. So instead of just saying better subject lines, we're going to have three things for you. Uh, if you toss the word hacks in the subject line, it always works better. So instead of three tips to wake up in the morning, three hacks to wake up in the morning, it works. More people open it. Uh, the other one is healthcare hacks, hair hacks to make your hair thicker, fuller, richer, whatever. People love hacks. And I think like just like the word tips is kind of like old and played out and like it makes you feel like a 20 a 20 item list I'm about to read, but a couple quick hacks are the way to go. Uh, the next one is tossing someone's name in there. You know, Clavio, they have this first name tag to go ahead and use it. So uh, we we're launching this new product and it's perfect for you. Toss that name tag at the end. People love seeing their own name. That's gonna help out with your open rates as well. And the last one is a, like curiosity gap. So how can you bridge that curiosity between them seeing you in their inbox to getting them to open that email? And then again, getting them to click that email. But instead of just saying something like, we launched this new shaker cup, say, we solved your problem. I see that, I'm like, I didn't know I had a problem. Your problem is that your drink was getting warm fast. But so it's kind of try to rephrase what you're telling them into some kind of like a little curiosity thing, to get them to actually open it. Awesome. And sometimes you can use numbers and things like that with it, right? So n number something, you got, you got curiosity. People want to know what, what those three things are, seven things are, five things are. 
Uh, love that. So, so we got subject lines as tip number one. What's tip number two? I know a lot of people have trouble getting like enough content and they think it's like this big process, but a really quick, easy win is just repurposing the emails you send out. So let's say you're just sending out one email a week on Mondays. What you're gonna do is clone that, send it again on Thursdays, you're gonna break it off into two different groups, people who didn't open it, switch up the subject line, switch up the content a little bit, and then people who opened it and didn't click it, get a little more like aggressive with the urgency, switch up the call to actions within the email, so that way you didn't have to come up with a whole new concept, but you're gonna see some good results just from having that second email sent out later in the week, just repurposing the first one. Love it, so sending the same email again, just repurposing, uh, repurposing the, the the content of it, but changing the subject line and splitting your list into people that didn't click and people that didn't open. Uh, Correct, yeah. Love that. So there we go. Two rapid fire, quick hit tips to make your email better. But we're just getting started. We're just getting rolling. And so let, let's uh, let's dive in. So uh, I think the way we've structured this, Nick, is we're going to look at kind of three groups of people, right? People that have either haven't touched email marketing or just barely touched it, right? Like it's there, but it's an afterthought, right? People that are occasionally working on email, but they know there are gaps. They know there are issues. They know there are problems that are unsolved. And then kind of a third group who would say, hey, we're probably 90% of the way there or, or thereabouts. Email's pretty good, but we know there's more we can unlock and more we can make happen. So so let's dive into specific tips here. So we want to start with that first. Should we start with that first group first? Those that really just not doing much with email right now. Yeah, we'll kick it off with them. You know, because since we're managing different brands' accounts, they all come to us from different starting points. Uh, when we're looking in there, it might be a Clavio account that has things turned on from years ago they haven't touched. They might not be sending any campaigns, and they're just too busy running their business to kind of think about email. And like you said, it ends up being like an afterthought. So for those brands, if you're in that position right now as an owner or as the marketer for a brand, uh, the first tip of advice, a little bit of therapy lesson is don't be scared. You know, just kind of dive in. People kind of put a little bit too much pressure on everything, but you know, MVP, minimum viable product, just get that out there. Um, you, like you're nervous, you're looking at it in your inbox, just trust me, if you send it out and it's not beautifully designed and perfectly crafted with all this crazy content, it's, it's still gonna work and it's still gonna convert. So first step, don't be scared, you know, no pressure here. A good email or even a mediocre email is better than no email, right? So this is definitely, email marketing definitely lends itself well to test and iterate, right? Rather than, than laboring over the perfect subject line, test and iterate, test, test, test. Because sometimes the subject line you labor over forever is not going to do that well. And sometimes the subject line you just throw out there is going to be the winner, right? So you got you to be testing. And yeah, I love that minimum viable product. Just get it out there. Uh, that's awesome. What, what else, what other advice would you give to someone who's really just not doing much with email right now? So now that the pressure's off you and you're not scared to hit send, uh, go ahead and start setting up a semi-consistent campaign calendar schedule. So about one per week is a good starting point. You know, kind of like we mentioned, you can always repurpose that, but you can worry about that later on. Just pick a day of the week where you're going to get a campaign sent out and just start getting to that rhythm. And one, it's going to get you used to sending them. And two, you're training your customers to hear from you as well. Because when you're sending out these, these sporadic emails every couple of months with a sale, your customers aren't used to hearing you from you. They probably forgot about you. And all the email providers, they're like, who is this person? They never send stuff. You might be ending up in the promo and the spam because of that. Yeah, I love that. It's almost one of these counterintuitive things. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't email my list too much. I want them to open what I've got. I want them to really pay attention. But if you email 
too infrequently, one, yeah, the email service providers, they're not going to trust or respect your email, so deliverability is going to be an issue. And two, when someone just doesn't hear from you very much, when they do hear from you, they're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, I forgot about them. This is just a reminder to unsubscribe, right? Versus people that email consistently and have quality emails and helpful emails and useful emails and deals in emails, uh, that just makes everything work better, right? Better opens, better deliverability, all of that works better. Uh, awesome. Uh, what, what other advice would we give to this Hey, we're just kind of getting just kind of getting rolling with email. Uh, next up, same thing. Kind of just turn those pop-ups live. Don't be scared to turn that live on your site. Again, people kind of they want this nicely designed one with the person holding the coupon code that's going to generate right there while the wheel's spinning in the background. But sometimes these plain get ten percent off. Give us your email and start actually collecting those. Because then, if you didn't listen to the first piece of advice about start sending them out more often. At least you're going to have the emails. So when you do start sending them out more often, you'll have people actually send them too. So start collecting those opt-ins for email and SMS. Love it. So we're getting consistent. We're, we're, we're being bold. We're just hitting send. We're making it happen. We're, we're, we're getting our deliverability increased and open rates increased. And then we're growing our list, right? We got to be growing the list when you do that as a compounding effect. When you're making the email campaigns better and you're testing and iterating and making, you know, increasing opens, increasing click-throughs, increasing conversions, and you're growing the list, that's when it has a compounding effect. That's awesome. What's next? Uh, as the brand owner, when you're turning these flows on, I like to go through them myself. So if it's a pop-up, I'll go ahead and toss my email in that pop-up box just so I can go through it myself before the, the customers do. Um, so then you kind of just seeing how it looks from their perspective. Um, some of it might look slightly different within Klaviyo versus in your inbox. You can kind of see the cadence for how it's coming in and if it makes sense to you. Um, so actually anything like that, even post-purchase. So go ahead and place an order on your site too. People kind of overlook that because it's easy to toss your name in the pop-up, but go ahead and make a mock order, place it, see how the order confirmation looks and then the welcome journey after you actually place that order. Yeah, and so so how are you? How do you recommend people treat that checkout opt-in? Are you are you um, creating a checkbox always? The, you know, to opt-in to offers and stuff like that. You just add all purchasers to a list. What what are you recommending there on that checkout opt-in? So you got two options here. You have email and SMS. Uh, we usually leave the email enabled. They always have the option to uncheck it if they'd like. And for SMS, you have to have some specific compliance language there. Uh, but usually we'll, we'll spruce it up a little bit, at least like the first line, uh, to kind of make it on brand. So it's not just like, hey, we copy and pasted this, but like uh, the best workout tips you're ever gonna get sent right to your phone, the compliance language, they can opt in that way. So make sure you have the correct language on your checkout page. We have email turned on and they have the option to check SMS too. Awesome, so email's opted on. Option for SMS because you got to be careful with SMS. You got to be careful with both. Right? We want to be a spammer in any uh, channel in any capacity, but especially text. People are a little little pickier about text. Right? That's an intimate form of communication. So you got to make sure you're compliant there. Totally makes sense. Awesome. Other any any last pieces of advice for this? You know, I'm really just getting the ball rolling on email. Uh, one common mistake we see when people start to turn on Klaviyo and they're just playing around with the flows uh, is not turning off the Shopify abandoned cart messages. If you leave those enabled within Shopify, then it'll be sending out through that and through Klaviyo and you're, you're double hitting them at that point. So when you do get to the point where it's time to turn the abandoned cart live on Klaviyo, let's go ahead and turn that Shopify one off. Nice. Totally makes sense. And better to be in control of that, right? Better for that to run through Klaviyo than to run through Shopify. 
Yes, it looks better and it's easier to see the data. Cool. Then, then what about what about uh, unsubscribes, right? What, what, what do we? How do we want to treat unsubscribes? Or do you want to make it easy for someone to unsubscribe? You want to make it kind of hard for them to unsubscri- unsubscribe? What are your What's your philosophy there? So, when the email providers are looking at like your sender score, basically, they're saying, are people opening them? Are they clicking them? Are they unsubscribing? Are they marking spam? Like, what are the customers doing with these emails coming in? And they view a spam complaint a lot worse than an unsubscribe because you know, we expect our our customers sometimes unsubscribe, it happens, that's fine. What you don't wanna do, and I'll see some brands do, is they kinda of like make it a six point font, they hide it at the bottom of light gray on top of the white. You know, just make it easy for them to opt out if they want to. Put something like, hey, uh, you know, getting inbox overload, uh, you can unsubscribe, but you're gonna miss our Black Friday sale coming up, or you're gonna miss out on these amazing hacks we've been sending you. Um, so you can add a little blurb in there, but just make it easy for them to find. If they want to opt out, you know, just catch you later. If they want to opt out, if they don't want to get your emails anymore, then you really you want them to opt out because uh, if they're not clicking and they're not opening most of the time, then it's hurting some of your deliverability scores most likely. And, and then it's not useful, right? You want engaged people to be, uh, to be opening. I have had this happen before too, where I've gone to unsubscribe to a newsletter. I open the email. I scroll down to the bottom to unsubscribe. And then I'm like, you know what? That email was actually pretty good. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll stick around for a little while. Uh, right? So you never know. If you're sending good content and you get someone to open it, maybe you win them over even before they hit that unsubscribe. But, but make it easy. All right. So those are the tips for someone who's just getting rolling on email. What about somebody who they've got an email game, that they're running email, they're getting revenue from email, but they know they're missing things. What about tips for that group of people? So we can kind of break this into like percentages. So that first group that we just talked about, they're doing zero through 10 or 12% of the revenue from email marketing. This next group that we're talking about, they have someone managing it, but maybe it's like one of the three jobs within the company, they're not fully dialed in on it. And they're doing about, let's say 12 to 20-ish percent of revenue from email marketing. So they're like, all right, we have something here, we have some data, we have some flow set up. How can we just turn that dial up a little bit more just to step our game up? Especially like when uh, other ads start to, to start to let's say like decline or they're getting more expensive just as part of running a business. So they start to kind of turn their focus and say, all right, email, how can we get this really dialed in? So for that group, uh, the first thing to do is kind of look at every campaign or every step in a, f- step in a flow as a step-by-step-by-step process. So what's the first step you wanna do? Get them to open. We kinda of talked about some strategies for the subject lines earlier, but you know that's the first thing, actually get them to open your emails. The second one, make it engaging enough within the email to get them to actually click and go to the next step. And then your landing page or whatever product page on the site is gonna go ahead and take care of that sale, hopefully. You should also have that dialed in too. It's not just within their inbox, it's also their website experience. So coming back to that curiosity gap, you know, how can we get just enough curiosity in there to get them to open up that email? Once they open it, how can we get them to click on it? Maybe like, we just launched this brand new flavor, tap below to see what it is. Versus like, hey, we launched banana, someone doesn't like banana, they're not gonna click on it, but if they click on it to see what the flavor is, they're on your website already, maybe they'll go buy chocolate while they're there. Yeah, I, I love this approach, and, and I love what we're talking about here because you know we do a lot with, with top of funnel traffic, a lot of, a lot of YouTube top of funnel traffic, performance max, 
Google search and shopping. You know, a lot of times people will look at, at performance of their marketing efforts and think, I got to increase my conversion rates. Well, one of the best ways to do that is through email, right? So we increase our opt-ins through that pop-up you just talked about a minute ago. Then uh, we're, we're increasing conversions from abandoned cart and other, some of these other sequences that we're talking about. So, so okay, love this. So we're looking at it kind of step-by-step. Step. So got to get them to open, got to make it engage, got to click, got to get them to convert. Uh, what's next? What's next for this person that's kind of middle of the road or a little shy of that with their marketing efforts? Next up is getting that campaign schedule really structured. Actually, we have a template that we use for our own clients, and we'll share it with the audience as well. Just go ahead and hit me up, nick at omgcommerce.com, and I can just send it to you. Uh, it's a Google Sheet, so it's nice and easy to use, nothing to pay for. And then you can just clone it and use it yourself. And this can help you tie in everything else going on in your business. So one, you can lay out the month ahead and say, all right, what product launches do we have? Are there any big social posts coming up, any giveaways, uh, YouTube videos as well? Anything like that, you can kind of structure your email and SMS campaigns along with that. So they're not just like in their own ecosystem now, it's part of the whole brand's marketing plan. So really getting that campaign laid out ahead of time, so you're looking at the month in advance. Yeah, so so let me just get this straight, Nick. So you, you just gave people your email address and you want them to email you and you'll give them content calendar for free? Exactly, free. Love it. So so what's powerful about this, and we've noticed this with, with our own marketing and for the podcast as well, so there's been some times, you know, when we've uh, released a podcast episode and we didn't email our podcast list, right? Got busy, forgot, we're closing deals, things are happening. We see a difference in the listenership of this podcast when we send out an email versus when we don't. Same is going to be true for every business, right? You, you post a, a blog, it's going to get more engagement, more shares, more action if you email about it. There's a sale, there's an event, that, that, type of thing. It's always going to do better if you email with it. So have that content calendar, which we're giving you for free, and then coordinate all your marketing efforts, and email will make everything better and more powerful. Love it. What's what's next? Next up, you're going to start doing a little bit of market research. So we've got two websites for you. I'll say them slowly so you can find them. I'm sure we can toss them in the show notes, we'll too. in the show notes, yeah. Reallygoodemails.com. Uh, what they do is they say they subscribe to a ton of different brands. You can see what they're sending, what do they look like, what are they talking about? How often is it promotional? And so you can kind of just get a good visual here. And especially when clients talk to us, like they'll say, I want my brand to look luxur luxur luxurious. Or Easy say, for you to say luxurious. <laughs> I want it to look fun, I want it to look hip, colorful, but like if you can have those screenshots and actually look at them and say, oh, I want it to look like this, it'll help yourself and any email marketers you hire. The other one's called mailcharts.com. Uh, same thing, you can go ahead and search by industry groups on this one. So you can say, all right, I'm in the health and wellness space. I'm in the office furniture space and kind of see what are the other brands talking about and what are they sending? Yeah, and we'll link to those in the show notes. I love those resources. Sometimes it's, you know, you want an idea for a subject line, you want an idea for a design. You need to see other stuff, right? You need, and once you see those examples, then that'll spur ideas for you. Okay, awesome, great idea, what's, what's next? Next up is turning on a second pop-up on your site. But don't worry, we're not gonna be hitting people at two pop-ups at the same time, we're gonna spread them out. So that first one is your welcome offer. They land on the site, you might give them 10% off, $5 off the first order, something like that. And so set up an exit intent one on the way out. Uh, and the way we have it structured is for the initial pop-up, it's what's your phone number, what's your email, and we'll give you 10% off. Uh, versus exit intent, we wanna give them something else because one, the phone number might have scared some people away in the beginning and they didn't wanna give that to us, which is fine. And two, people, 
visualize and they see different offers differently in their head, let's say $100 product, 10% off, and $10 off is the same thing, but it might sound different to them. So on the way out, hey, grab this $10 and save it for later, give us your email. And then we have the exit intent going too, you're gonna be capturing more information from the customers. And, and you can test that because right, a percentage seems a little fuzzy, right? You got to do math to figure it out. But $10 is $10. And even though it's the same to you, might be different to the prospect, which is really interesting. And so, so what, what about Nick? And we, we actually had this, you and I were on a strategy call with one of our clients. They said, I don't want to do pop-ups. I refuse to do pop-ups on my business or on my site. We both feel like that's a mistake. What advice would you give to someone who says, no, 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 not me. I'm not putting pop-ups on my site. I'd say at least test it out for a little bit and see how it goes for your brand. Because if you're paying for paid traffic or if people are coming to your website, once they leave, like they're gone. Like, yes, you can have the pixel and you can retarget them on different platforms, but you could have gotten their information for free and use that to retarget them as well. So I'd say at least test it out and you can do it in a classy, non-annoying way. Uh, just kind of offer some value there too. So people come to your website and they feel like they're, they're leaving with something of value, not just like, oh, they got my email. Yeah, if you think about probably most, if not all, of your favorite brands that you like to shop online, they're all doing this, right? And and you can set it up right where it, it, these just show up to someone the first time they visit. If they come back or something, you, you don't have to show it again. There are things you can do like that. But what are you seeing, Nick, when, we're, when you're successfully running welcome pops, exit pops? What kind of lift is that creating? What kind of growth is that creating for an email list? Uh, we're getting anywhere from... 10, 10 plus percentage sometimes from some of these pop-ups. So it depends on the traffic of a store. Um, so look at your traffic and think, all right, if I'm capturing 10% of these emails, how many emails would I be collecting? Significant that this is where you're, you could be adding thousands and thousands of email addresses to your list each and every month, and that's just money in your pocket. And you're creating happier customers, right? Because they're connecting with you, or maybe they wouldn't have if you didn't get that email address. Awesome, love that idea. So a second pop-up. What's next? Uh, next up is breaking off some of your flows based off of different conditional splits. Uh, a good one for this is like abandoned carts, splitting it between purchasers and non-purchasers in the past. So someone, their first time on your site, when they abandon a cart, they're gonna need a little bit more information. They're probably gonna need a discount to buy from you, a little bit more hand-holding because they don't trust you. They don't know your brand yet versus the people who have been to your site and have placed an order. We're gonna split that off to equals one plus order over all time. And then, hey, thanks for coming back for more from us. We really appreciate it. They're like, oh shoot, like they actually recognize that I'm a repeat customer. I appreciate that. Uh, and then you can even like make the discount code different. Like, hey, stock back up with code stock up. Things like that. Yeah, everybody wants to be seen and known. And and I do love this because if you look at an, a, a cart abandoner, right? We've all done that. We've all gone to a store, added something to the cart, we bail. Because sometimes life happens. Sometimes we never intended to buy in the first place. We just want to see shipping or other details or whatnot. But life happens. So sometimes you just need that nudge. You need that reminder, right? And then maybe you need some discounts along the way too to make someone say yes. But I love that separation of someone who's never bought who abandons cart versus someone who has purchased, but they abandon cart. Different message for those two makes a ton of sense. That's awesome. What's uh, what's next? Same thing for like based on what they purchased. If you have a ton of SKUs, it's hard to break off a flow into they bought product one of 800 and you build out 800. But if you have a product doing at least like 25, 30% of your revenue, you could set that up as a separate post-purchase thank you flow, especially if it's like informational based, like, uh, hey, 
when your electric drill comes in, here's how you charge the battery for the first time or something like that. Just add that little extra touch there saying, hey, you bought this product, this is the best way you're gonna get the most out of it. And this also helps out with your customer service side of things. You're kind of like setting that expectation for them uh, and you're answering any questions they might have before they even have them before it arrives. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, one, you know, people are pretty excited about the product. Usually they make a purchase, they're like, hey, I can't wait for this to show up, excited to use it or whatnot. So sending that email, it's usually welcomed. They want to get it. And then, yeah, you're, you're increasing satisfaction because you're showing them how to use it and you're reducing customer support. So really win-win. Awesome. What's, what's next? Uh, next up is going to be you have your flows built out. Maybe you have some splits going on now. You can just clone it, uh, a specific piece of that flow, and just add a second subject line as an A-B test. Uh, you can do this with the content in there as well and see what people are more interested in. So let's say post-purchase, uh, post-purchase, thank you flow. We can have the first one saying like, thank you for the order. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram to see our latest info. Uh, the, you could split that off and the second one could be, hey, thanks for your order. Go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. We put out a new tutorial every week. And you can see at that point, all right, more people going towards our YouTube or our Instagram. Let's say YouTube's the winner there, keep that. And then same thing on the next one, test out something new. So we're, we're always testing, we're always testing. And it's one of those things where incremental increases, right? One or two or three or four or 5% increases in little areas as you add that up over time really has a compounding effect and, and can create some massive wins down the road. Any, anything you'd want to elaborate on there? Like as we start to test and iterate and create these little wins, what kind of impact can that have down the road? Yeah, so Clavio, they have a new system where they will actually pick the winner for you after a certain amount of time, so you don't have to hop back in and actually manually do that. So this could be a nice little set it and forget it thing. And I like to do uh, enough of a variation that there's like a pretty pretty good difference between the two of them, not just like a, a minor tweak. So so instead of like these like little small lifts, let's try like a, a bigger difference here. Like I said, the YouTube versus Instagram is a big one there versus like, let's say you had an A-B test where it said subscribe to our YouTube versus you should subscribe to our YouTube. It's a very small test. You're not getting a lot of info. Yeah, there's going to be a winner, but it might not be uh, significant. So get a little bit bigger with the testing on those. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Let, let's, let's take bigger swings. Let's find meaningful wins and let's lean into those and really move, move the needle on that. Uh, makes sense. What, what's next? So you can try out some different content within these emails. You might have been kind of copy and pasting the same one over and over. And a lot of times you are going to find a formula that works. Just make sure you tested first to get to that formula for your specific brand. Do they want something super image heavy there? Do they want that special design that everyone loves to look at? Or does plain text work more? Uh, this is really good for the brands that have like a strong founder who's like almost the face of the brand. Because then Kevin Hart's emailing me, not Kevin Hart's supplement brand. So you can kind of have that connection there. And so if it's plain text, it actually looks like, hey, look, the founder's writing to me. And if you're using like those name tags in there too, uh, you can break it off into like what product they bought. So play around with the different, uh, the different actually formats of the content itself. Awesome. Then what should you do as you, as you find winners, as you find things that are, that are clear winners, what, what are you doing then? So once we have like winners in the flow, so let's say it's a, a abandoned cart, six email flow, and the first one converts the most because you know the most people get that, that's the highest intent. And then you'll start to see it falling off along the way. You'll know, see less opens, less clicks, less purchases. That kind of just happens over time. That's kind of the natural progression of the flow. If you're like analyzing it and you see 
The fourth email is talking about how fast your shipping is and it comes within two days and that's converting really well. Go ahead and bump that up to number two. Because let's say you talked about, uh, here's your discount. We were founded in 2010. You should buy from us because we've been around for a while and then that fast shipping. If that's converting more, bump that up and then go ahead and get that in front of more eyes faster. Love that. So we're looking at the flow. The first email on the flow, it's always going to be the winner, right? Most of the, most of the time. So that that's clear. But yeah, looking at emails two through four, what if four does better than two? Bump it to number two, and it's likely going to do even better in that position. So think about like a batting lineup, right? Or maybe not. No, never mind. Because number four is the best in the batting lineup. I tried to make a baseball analogy. I'm not a baseball guy, Nick, and look what I did. Anyway, <laughs> move the winners up. That's what we're trying to tell you. Uh, what, what other advice would you give to this group of, of uh, brands? So the last tidbit we got for this group is go ahead and work on the transactional emails as well. I know a lot of times when you hop in the Klaviyo account, they have things like uh, the abandoned cart, welcome series, browse abandonment, but a lot of times they're still coming from Shopify for the transactional ones, like your order confirmation, your shipping confirmation, uh, gift card receipts, things like that. So you can go ahead and customize those as well. Some brands will do it within Klaviyo. Uh, sometimes you have to be a Shopify Plus account to actually pause the ones coming from Shopify though. So, so if that's not accessible, I like using an app called Orderly Emails and they will help you create the uh, transactional ones. They'll have like the templates in place so you can customize it to your brand to kind of match the ones coming from Klaviyo and then you can paste that into Shopify and Shopify will be sending those. So Orderly Emails, th this is something, so you're using that in conjunction with, with Klaviyo, is that right? Uh, it's a separate Shopify app, uh, and basically they have all the templates laid out for you, order confirmation, shipping confirmation, everything else, and you have a few different themes to choose from, and they'll have like theme blocks or specific uh, campaign blocks there, and you can go ahead and switch those out, and then you can kind of match it to your Klaviyo branding. Got it. Okay, awesome. So then what about kind of this third group that we talked about in the very beginning that email's going pretty well for them, right? They're doing it. It's working. There are results there. First of all, how would you describe this group? And then what should this group of brands be doing with email? So this group, they've taken maybe an email marketing course before. They have some pretty focused to it, pretty dedicated from it. And they're seeing some really good results. Uh, you know, there only is so much you can kind of like get from your existing list and get from your campaigns and your flows. Uh, at a certain point, you are going to hit some kind of cap. But you can always get that little bit extra oomph to go ahead and squeeze off that last couple of percentages and give your customers a better experience. Awesome, very cool. So, so what are some of the what are some of the tips? And we'll go through these kind of rapid fire. But what are the tips for this group of people? So, I know we've been talking about like planning out your campaigns coming up in the future, and a lot of people they'll kind of forget about the ones they sent in the past. So, go ahead and just look through your past campaigns. You know, end of the month, go ahead and do this. What performed the best? What didn't? And then hopefully you were A/B testing along the way. Look at like which subject lines perform the best and which campaigns perform the best as far as clicks and revenue goes and go ahead and clone those for the future. A lot of times like we see the back end of our systems and we're like, I sent this last month. I don't want to annoy them again. But like your customers are getting thousands of emails. They've forgotten about it already right. and exclude them if they made that purchase. So go ahead and just look at the best campaigns, look at the best subject lines and figure out how to use that info in the future to do a similar thing. So then, then are you looking at, so say we, we pick our winner from this month, we go ahead and, and run it next month, exclude people that have purchased from it the first time. Then are you are you looking at doing that several months in a row and then stopping or you, you do it until it stops working or, or what's kind of your philosophy there? So you can keep on doing it and it'll keep on working. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same 
thing. Let's say uh, you have a t-shirt brand and you make cool designs and you post on Instagram, hey, do you guys like A or B more? And you can go ahead and do that same thing over and over again. So the next month you have two new sketches, A or B, go yep. ahead and click yep. on that. So it's different content, but it's the same approach. Do you like this or do you like that? Uh, asking customers, because customers love to, to pick a winner, right? They love to vote between this ver this option versus that option. Uh, really, really smart. Okay, awesome. What's, what's next? So next is going to be, uh, you're going to map out all of your existing flows. One thing, Clavio, if you're listening, I'd love to see some kind of web roadmap going on that you could build internally, but we use diagrams.net for this. And so basically at the very top of the diagram, it'll say what happens. Customer comes to the website, they get uh, the initial pop-up, exit intent pop-up, or some other way we're capturing their information. And then where do those flows go? All right, they showed some interest. They browse abandonment or they abandon their cart. How does that flow work out? Uh, are people coming from Instagram stories as well? So kind of map out all those flows and so you can, you can just kind of step back and look at it and say, are there any glaring gaps here uh, that we're neglecting to tell someone if they come into the exit intent pop-up and then never place an order? Got it. It's awesome. Uh, what, what about what about with SMS? Anything you would do differently or recommend differently with this group related to SMS? So this is when you're going to want to step up the SMS game as well and tie it in with your email marketing. Uh, one thing that we've seen works well is stacking the SMS campaigns with your email campaigns. So setting them out on the same day at different times. Uh, so you're kind of just poking someone twice about the same bit of information because you know how many times I have to be told, hey, can you go ahead and pick up your dirty shoes from the floor before you actually do it? <laughs> yeah. Usually about two. <laughs> so, so same thing here. You know, If you have a new product launching in the morning, say, hey, it's dropping. Uh, it's on sale until noon. And then say at 11 a.m. you're saying, hey, that thing we told you about, you have one hour left to get it. It's kind of getting that second poke and tying those campaigns together. Same thing with the flows here. And you know, as you're mapping them out, as you're looking at that customer journey, what kind of SMS flows you have built out at this point? What kind of email flows do you have built out at this point? How can you tie them in together and make sure everyone's getting uh, enough information if they just subscribed to one and how to make sure you're not annoying them if they are subscribed to both? I love it. I love the combination of SMS and email together. Obviously, you can't overdo it with, with SMS and you have to be compliant. But it is that second reminder and people do open their text and they do see it. And so if you're a welcome guest and, and you know that welcome message rather than being a, a pest, it can really change the game for your, your email marketing. Uh, it's awesome. What's, what's next for this group? So you're going to want to find ways to get customers to opt into both SMS and email. Like I said, let's say you, you have a, someone who actually buys from you, but you still have their old dead email. You got to find a way to collect that phone number that could be up through a pop-up on the site, like a two-step pop-up, phone number, email. Uh, we've seen it in like a post-purchase flow, or let's say uh, the pop-up said, enter your email to be entered into our giveaway that we're doing at the end of the month. The first email in there could say, hey, we'll double your entries if you give us your phone number too, click here to give us your phone number. And that way you're collecting both bits of information. You can do this at checkout as well, ask for both SMS and email. And that way you're just getting more information on your customer, so if they're, inbox, they just never check it anymore, you're getting their phone number, or if they change their phone number, you still have their email. Love it, love it. Uh, pushing for both of those, I think you gotta do it, that's the next level strategy. Uh, what's, what's next? You're gonna wanna make sure you're controlling the full journey for your potential customers and for your customers, and that roadmap will kinda help you do this. You can kinda visualize it and see how it's looking, 
And I kind of look at it as like I'm talking to my friends whenever I'm sending out an email. You kind of make it casual, like especially for text too. I see brands get way too formal with it. Uh, it's like it's like you're talking to a friend and have that same mentality when you're reaching out to them. Like our products are so good. I'm doing them a service, getting these products into their hand. I'm, I'm you know, I'm helping them out by getting them whatever that whatever it is that you're making. Um, so kind of keep that in mind. Like you're actually bugging them. If they want to opt out, they will. But control that journey and. Just, make sure to kind of tease the next bit of info too. Um, so post-purchase, thank you. we we'll say, hey, thanks for your order. Hey, make sure you keep an eye out for the shipping confirmation coming up. Something like that to kind of just plant that seed that, hey, you're going to want to hear from us and just keep an eye out for our name in your inbox. Yeah, I love this approach because if you think about it in this way, if you really believe in your product and you believe you're making someone's life better, easier, simpler, adding enjoyment, you're removing pain from their life, whatever your product does, then you owe it to your customers to communicate with them enough so that they actually purchase and then they actually use it properly and then they actually repurchase. And yeah, make it easy. If someone, if someone wants to peace out, then let them do that. But you owe it to your customers to communicate enough and to communicate well. And in the process, if you do that, you are going to make a lot more money. And like we talked about, when email is rocking, when email is working well, top of funnel YouTube works better, Facebook works better, TikTok works better, all of your marketing efforts work better when email is dialed in. And here's what I would wager, Nick. I would wager even people listening to this podcast would say, you know what? We've got our email game dialed in. I bet you're missing things. I bet there's still things that you could do better because there's always room for improvement. So, so Nick, this has been fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Again, for people that are listening and they want that free resource, uh, once again, kind of tell people what that free resource is, what the free resource is, and then how they can get it. So that is going to be a Google Sheet template for the upcoming months ahead, and it'll have a nice way for you to lay out all of your campaigns for email. If you're doing SMS, you can have those on there too. Social media posts you can tie in, blogs or product launches. And I'll also record like kind of like a quick like little one minute video explaining it when I send that over to you so you can get my explainer and the campaign calendar itself. Awesome. So this is, you know, email marketing is a service we offer to OMG Commerce. I'd love to talk to you guys if, if anyone is interested. Uh, we do, uh, we are at almost at capacity, so uh, potentially not any open spots, uh, but we go ahead and reach out. And we also offer email consulting. So happy to help there. If you got a team, you got you got uh, you know game when it comes to email, but you want a little extra help, you want some Nick Flint in your email. Uh, you know we we offer some email coaching as well. So with that, any parting words of wisdom, Nick Flint? Oh oh, I remember uh, we talked about we were talking about this the other day. Now Nick, you, you know, if people are watching this watching this video, you're a buff guy, you're a thick guy. I know you, I know you work out, I know you run. But you're also, I always learn something from you every time I talk to you about some life hack, some product that makes your life better. You've got all these cool things you're buying and using. So, so tell, tell us two cool purchases you've made that have made your life better. All right, I can think of some. What price point are we looking at? 20 bucks, uh, bucks. Let's go sub 100 if you can. If you got one that's a little bit over 100, hey, we got some successful merchants listening to this show, so let's go big too. All right, we'll kick it off with a $20 one. So you got a friend with a birthday coming up, but they're not that great of a friend. You got 20 bucks <laughs> to throw at them. Yep. Get, get them a projection alarm clock and get yourself one too. It's projection alarm clock, okay? I know. 
Email's Explain. not dead and neither are alarm clocks. <laughs> <laughs> what is a projection alarm clock? So it goes next to your bed on the nightstand and it basically projects the time onto the ceiling. So when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, is it 2 a.m. or 6 a.m., you can see it. And then you gotta go one step above and I always used to keep my phone near my bed so I could check the yep. time in the middle of the yep. night. It would just wake me up because I would see some text. So you leave that in the kitchen. Now you have your time projected on your ceiling. You don't need to have your phone next to your bed. Dude, I like that. I, yeah, I, for months now, probably a few years, I keep my phone. It's still in my room, but it's like across the room. Uh, and I get turned upside down and then I get, you know, it goes into sleep mode so I don't see the text. But I do wake up sometimes and wonder, what time is it? And uh, I don't want to get up and go grab my phone. So projection alarm clock, very, very interesting. Okay, what if we want to spend a little bit more? What if they're a good friend? What if they're like a friend and we really like them or we just want to buy for ourselves? What, what's, uh, what's another item on your list? So if you got like that, that treat yourself energy going on, the paycheck just came in, you're ready to spend a hundred bucks. Uh, I'd say go for some bone conducting headphones. This is new Bone technology. conducting headphones. That sounds interesting. I think you had, do you have a pair there, Andy? Can you like, can you like hold this up and show us or did you leave it in the other room? It's in my uh, backpack over there, but they are close by. And so basically what it is, it's a uh, it's headphones. Instead of going in your ears, they'll kind of go like right here on whatever this bone is called and it conducts the sound through there. So only you can hear it, no one else around you can, but it leaves your ears open. So like, let's say like if you work like in a warehouse, you wanna be able to hear things, you're out running on the street or biking, you still wanna hear things, uh, but you can also listen to your music or this podcast on them. Yes, this podcast, listen to this podcast with bone conducting headphones and then buy yourself some pro a projection alarm clock as well. I love that idea because sometimes you get sweaty, sometimes AirPods fall out, or sometimes you don't want to get hit by a car when you're running. And uh, actually, I'm not, I, I run inside, or I actually don't run at all. I just work out inside. Uh, but you still want those. You want to be able to hear what's going on. Uh, love that idea. Nick Flint, you delivered the goods, my friend. Good email wisdom, some good life improvement purchases as well. So thank you very much, man. You rocked it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for tuning in. And hey, we'd love to hear feedback from you. First of all, get that resource from Nick Flint. Email him. He wants to be email buddies with you. And also leave us that review on iTunes if you haven't done so. Makes my day. Helps other people find the show. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.